ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and I'm thrilled to have with me today Michael Goldberg coming to us from the New York area. And for me, that's the other side of the world at this point, but I love New York and I'm, I'm thrilled to have someone come to the West Coast via my podcast. So welcome to the show, Michael. Well, welcome, welcome. Uh, yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. It's, you know, it doesn't feel like I'm on the West Coast, but you know, all this virtual <laughs> stuff doesn't really matter. You know, we're, we're just putting tax and maps and the whole thing, you know, but I'm thrilled to be that's, part of this. That's right. Now, I know that Mike, Michael, um, his business is called Knockout Networking. And Michael is still to this day a very, and I'm not saying you're old, Michael, because I know I'm older than you, but a very fit um, uh, gentleman who still fights professionally, right? Or at no. Is it professional? Well, it's not professional. I'm an amateur. In my mind, yeah. I'm a professional for sure. Uh, maybe <laughs> a professional a amateur, you know. But what's interesting yeah, about the amateur fight game is I, you know, I don't get paid, but instead I have to pay a guy to hit me. Like I have to pay <laughs> to get hit is the way uh, that works, you know, but, uh, but, you know, the amateurs and we were just discussing this offline, but it's much more regulated, uh, you know, than the pros, like the pros, as long as they could sell the fight, they'll match anybody with anybody. But with me, it's gotta be the perfect age range, the perfect size, and then the perfect experience level. So I'm often not matched up because, you know, I am kind of like an older, you know, fighter, not old gray hair, but, you know, right. not a lot of people are competing at the way or at the level I'm trying to compete at. So it's got to be right. a perfect storm in terms of matching up. Uh, otherwise, the fight just doesn't happen. And that's just the way yeah. it is. Safety is uh, the, the most important thing. So yeah, but right. what I loved about um, you and your um, your business name is that that analogy goes through everything that you do. And I love it. I think it's amazing. It really now, does. And it's really brilliant alliteration, if I don't mind saying so myself. You know, it's it's got to sound good. It's got to be smooth and just kind of roll, you know, like a like, like a stiff jab, you know, it's just got to roll. <laughs> yeah. Do you wish you had that um, jab, 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 right hook or, you know, like that title? Uh, you know, I've, I, I know of that title. And uh, of course, that came to my attention many, many yeah. times. But, uh, yeah. you know, I have different variations, you know, of that. Exactly. You know, as I'm speaking yeah. to groups or, you know, in books, let me jab you with another thought. Let me weigh in with this. And it's just. I you know, know, you're good. You're yeah. good. Yeah, really definitely. Kind of roll with the punches on all that. You know? <laughs> so if I just um, were to um, uh, mention your little bit of your bio here that I want to share because I want people to know what you actually do besides boxing and you have helped thousands of business owners including specifically I think financial advisors insurance agents and field leaders over the last 20 plus years grow their business through knockout networking referral and recruiting strategies and I know that your um, your tagline is more prospects more referrals more business right and I love talking to people like you because I'm a net, I'm a networker and I talk about networking. I've taught networking. I 
I live and breathe the, the life of a networker and a connector. And I like to think of myself that way, but I know I can always learn more. And I think I listened, by the way, to, um, I could, oh, and I'll tell you this out, offline, but I listened to your first on TEDx speak, speech at Rutgers. And that was, I know, several years ago, but I mean, the, the information is, is gold. It's the same now, really, even though the world is different, networking is networking. Well, Whether you know, it's about the connection, just like in the, and that's the metaphor I use is that boxing like networking or networking like boxing, it's about the connection. So if you make more and better connections in the ring, chances are, if they're good judges, right, that, that you'll win the fight. And it's kind of the same thing with networking, COVID or not. Uh, online or off, at the end of the day, it is and will always be about the connection. Those connections might be made in different ways, but without a connection, nothing else happens. It's just really where it all starts, right? Okay, so we can start lots of those connections, but do we see it through the different rounds of the fight? You know, does oh, it look at you? Through? Look at you with the metaphor, <laughs> weaving it through. Nice, Janice. Very nice. Thank well played. You. Thank you. I yeah. Well, you know, um, and this is probably almost crossing the line saying this, but I'm going to do it is, you know, there's this whole, you know, and you know, this, you know, with LinkedIn, of course, right, with your expertise is, you know, there's that option where you can be a he him or a she her or right. So the, I identify with the pronoun of we. Right. So the pronoun of we is it's collaborative. It's how can we help one another? How can we refer one another? And unless it's a we thing there's not a connection. So it can't be one-sided networking. And if it is, it's not going to last very long. It just won't because it's not relational. It's more so transactional. So it's like sparring with your best friend. Like you don't want to really hurt each other, but you want to help each other get better. And, and, and that's really what the way I view networking. That Networking is definitely a sum of we, where it's about collaboration. It's not about keeping score. It's not about you know points and who won the round. It's about helping one another each win around. And I think that very basic fundamental is lost on a lot of people because we're so enamored with our own business and our own stuff as business owners, entrepreneurs. And we think that everybody should be as caught up as we are about our product and service. And the reality is, is that they're not. And they might be if you're able to establish a connection in a very, very collaborative way. And that's simple, but basic because everything that happens LinkedIn, follow-up, follow-through, staying in touch, all these different things. It's impossible to happen or happen well if you don't initially have that connection. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and, um, you know, we talk about face-to-face -face versus um, online networking. And to me, I actually don't see, the, see much difference if I can see the person. You know, like then I can really re and I, I find that, though, um, the, the my biggest frustration, not in networking, but more in speaking or presenting is when I'm presenting to a Zoom room and all I see are people's names. I, I feed off my audience. And so I find it really hard um, to connect with them when they're not showing up. You know what's interesting? Um, I just wrote a blog, and I think I led the led the blog with "Times are a changing." You know that that whole whole thing. And you know, a couple of years ago, uh, pre pandemic, I had one opinion of, of of Zoom and even LinkedIn to a certain extent. And because the whole world flipped a page and had to change that whole paradigm, uh, I think we we I certainly view it a bit differently. Like I. 
you know, like I, I love a live audience, of course, being a speaker and the whole yeah, thing. Absolutely. But we've learned tactics because the world has kind of gotten to this place where we're used to Zoom meetings or online platforms and, and the whole thing. So I know I find that when I'm speaking to a group, even if it's virtually, I like doing it where a couple of years ago, I didn't really like doing it, but I like doing it for different reasons than with a live group. Like I'm not thinking good, bad, right, wrong, or one is better than the other. I've just decided that they're different. And I think that if you are good at being able to engage people online and there's different ways of doing it versus offline, using people's names, having it set up where it's going to be interactive. So there's always going to be people multitasking. That's just the way it is. But if you can get them involved and have tactics where you've got a break in the action, breakouts, engagement, having people weigh in with different, see what I did, uh, with different yes, comments or the thing. These are tactics that work differently online than off. And if you're really stealth, you can utilize both. It's kind of like the restaurant. So I had dinner last night with my daughter, which doesn't happen a lot, but she's home from college now, my 19-year-old. And we had dinner out at a restaurant that has out, outdoor dining. But a couple of years ago, that restaurant didn't have outdoor dining. That wasn't even available. It wasn't a thing. And now all of a sudden it's a thing. And what they've learned is that they've doubled and tripled their seating because now they have the outdoor dining. It still exists now. It was out of need. Now it's out of want. So now it's all open, right? So they've doubled and tripled their seating and therefore they've changed the game in terms of how that restaurant operates. And now they've got multiple revenue streams as a result. A couple of years ago, probably not even a thought there. And that's kind of the way the world is right now, I think, is that when you have the online, offline, it's not that one's better than the other. It's how do we leverage and utilize both? And I think mm-hmm. that have been successful at doing that. Lots of speaking businesses. You know, mm-hmm. I would say half of my engagements right now are online. And a couple of years ago, I would have thought that was just a bad thing. Now, just the way it's set up, it's just a thing. Yeah. Has it... Um... Has it brought you more global business? Without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah, no question. And not only that, but I lead, um, as you know, I lead a national networking organization called, wait for it, the Networking Group or TNG. <laughs> and that had been a series of live meetings in New York and Philadelphia. And now we're national. And that was the vision anyway. But yeah. the copy paste around the country became much easier, much more efficient, much more cost effective because of what's going on right now. So not nearly as marketable a couple of years ago, then it became necessary. And then it became, I just doubled and tripled my seating. Yeah, that's, it's so true. Okay. So your book, I want to talk to you about this for a minute, because um, part of what I do in my business is retention, client retention and, um, uh, uh, um, Sorry, I just lost my words. Um, disrupting mm. the pattern of emails and texts and whatever by sending cards to people. Okay, right. and I just want to put that out there for a second yeah. because um, because your book is called Knockout Networking for Financial Advisors and Other Sales Producers, which, by the way, I think can be found on Amazon. Yes, you can no. find it everywhere. Uh, everywhere. Barnes okay. and Noble, uh, in the stores, online, Amazon, the whole thing. Perfect. Okay, so you focus a lot on working with financial advisors and insurance um, people and uh, and big sales producers. Right, okay. that's my niche. Sure. Right. So my experience with financial advisors and um, and insurance agents that first of all, I think they're the only traditional business where they get residual income. 
that I know of, like a traditional business yeah. model where they get yeah, receipts. That's right. Income, well, one of the right? three, sure. Yeah. Okay. So these guys get, you know, so every year you renew your policy and whatever, and they haven't done any work for it again, right? It's basically they've either just had one phone call or checked in if they've done that. And I find that with a lot of that industry, that's it. Now, there are some people who get it enough to send a birthday card or to, you know, whatever. But there isn't the in a lot of cases, there's not a real um, continued relationship. Right. So but, how, but the good advisors will do that. The good yes, advisors are good, yes. you know, at reaching out and, and uh, reconnecting and making sure everything's OK, and especially now with the market. Right. The market is turbulent. So those so that are managing money, you know, they, they have to hold their client's hand and everything's going to be OK. Stay true to right. what you've got. Everything's good. And, you know, so the good advisors are doing that. The ones that aren't doing that, that residual income is not going to last long because the number one reason why clients go to another advisor is because their current advisor, if they even have one, is not showing them enough love. And the love oh, is really exactly. staying connected and being present and, and all of that. So for sure. Yeah. I always say that, you know, it's not, you know, we do business with people we know, like, and trust, but we have to be remembered. And if we're not staying in front of them, then, and I think in those cases, maybe more than in some industries, it's not that I don't remember you, but you're not giving me enough love for sure. And if you do remember me more often and show you care, you'll get referrals from me. Of course. Right. And so Especially if you your communication is collaborative, right? Getting back into the pronoun of we, whereas yeah. it's not, you know, asking your clients to give me referrals or who can you introduce me to? But, you know, I would love to explore ways that we can continue to collaborate and perhaps, you know, help one another professionally. Like that little phrase like that is like a game changer because it's collaborative. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't think in terms of that when we already have the client. But what if we did? Right. Yeah, because we're thinking, what can you do for me right. so often, right? Instead of what can we do together to make things right, what which, can is, I do which is the number one reason why advisors don't generate more referral business, especially from clients is because they're afraid to ask. And the reason they're afraid to ask is because it feels very self-serving and presumptuous. And it is, if it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. But as soon as you yeah. change me to we... And, you know, I consider myself a great networker and I love our relationship. And I was wondering on a professional basis how we might be able to continue to support one another. Like just that conversation right there, you know, opens up the floodgates of a dialogue because now it's not putting anybody on the defensive. It's collaborative. Mm -hmm. And okay, so I mentioned that uh, one of the tools that I teach people to use is greeting cards and, and greeting cards and gifts. And they can be automated. But, um, but the best type are the, um, uh, acting on your promptings, the unexpected card. Right. So, but again, I I don't know if you find this with your people, um, that you're training, but they, I've noticed with people in those kinds of strong sales industries Mm -hmm. is that they think it has to be about them on the front of the card. I always say it's never about you until the back of the card. You can put your branding on the back of the card, but not the front. And also, I mean, have you ever experienced this? This is from a realtor, but she's she's a friend of mine. And every year she'll send a Christmas card with a Christmas letter inside Uh about the beauties of the right and her business card. That's not a Christmas card. 
That's no, a, no, it's got, it's got to be. Yeah, it, it can't be about you. It's got to really be that you're right, a thought about them. Sure. Yeah. And it's not even asking for referral in that card. Right. Yeah. It's strictly leave that be as a as a um, impromptu thinking of you, you know, congratulations, whatever. Otherwise, it comes across like a thinly veiled sales pitch or right or marketing piece. Yeah. And people and people, you know, we get cluttered with so much information. Rarely is it snail mail, but we get cluttered with so much information online and off. And, you know, it's really just the genuine stuff that I think is going to is really going to make the most and best impression. Exactly. And then be consistent. Right. That's right. Right. Which realtors are not good at. (laughs) Pardon me? Which realtors are not generally good at. at no, least no, they're not. No. Um, so you made a statement, and this is from a long time ago, something that I watched of yours, but you made this statement. I love it. When you feel good about having met someone and they feel good about you, that's good networking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You didn't say that part at the end. I just oh, added, you just added that. So you improved upon my quote. <laughs> No, no, well, it was out of context. When You're I quoting, make it, it right? even better. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you also talked about, and I know you teach, you still teach, right, at Rutgers? I do. Yeah, I'm an adjunct professor at Rutgers. Yeah, I love that. And and you teach networking? I actually teach public speaking, uh, okay. but networking is a form of public speaking. So I incorporate a lot of my networking ideas because I've got graduate students and undergrads that need to know how to land an internship or land a job through networking. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's really about I, my knockout networking ideas, which appears on midterms and finals, by the way, in terms oh. of where you need to go, what you need to say and with whom you need to say it. So that's, oh my goodness. So you're yeah, so that's become a mainstay in my, at Rutgers, you know, because yeah. my class is the only one that I'm aware of that, that focuses on some of those ideas. So um, I'm sure, because I know I've done a little bit of um, volunteer kind of work at, at, at the local university with that kind of thing. But my experience, we had like a mock networking and they brought some professionals in and then these students would, ne- they don't know how to talk. So right. what do you teach them? How do you teach them how to talk? Well, it is a public speaking class, right? So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it, the premise is to talk good, but, uh, but, but after that, you know, it's, it's really teaching the we thing, which, you know, uh, you know, most people don't even think that way. But, you know, h- how about a 19 year old? You know, they're not yeah. thinking we they're thinking, you know, me or them. Right. So it's it's so it's really just opening up these ideas about uh, number one, to be confident and to be focused. Number two, to be collaborative, even though you might be younger or less experienced than those with whom you're speaking to. You know, but it's also having a clear idea as to what you want, being very focused, you know, not like I'm looking for anything or everything, but I'm looking for an opportunity in consumer products, you know, with companies like, you know, and being very specific about what that is. And also being open about, you know, how can I be a resource to you, even though I'm a student? Like you can say that. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah, that's your your, uh, your peace statement. Right. Very good. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. So my peace. Yeah. So the pieces is, is an acronym P E E C for this concept of really framing an elevator speech uh, or better uh, called the positioning statement. Cause I, I don't like elevator speech, but P stands for your profession, your expertise, the your environments is in your target environments, your target market, you know, minus financial services. And then your call to action or your ask, you know, specifically what it is that you're after. So these four components should be in a networking dialogue, if not at once, 
in piecemeal, if you will, right? And so that, that right? So that should all happen, you know. And, right, and, because, right? because but, but, but the peace statement is on the final exam, so you got to get that right, you know. Okay, <laughs> that's, so that's about twenty you, points. <laughs> when you are at um, when you're at a uh, an in person networking event, or even online in those um, breakout rooms and so mm -hmm. on, and people ask you what you do, I, I, particularly in a face-to-face um, -face situation. Mm -hmm. My take has always been um, to, uh, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> lost my words again. Um, to, uh, you know, take the attention off me yeah. and onto them. So let them talk first, you know, or say something with a little curiosity piece, but not give them my whole nine yards because right. they, I can talk to them later about me. Sure, um, sure. And in fact, I'd rather because I want to know more about them. So do you teach that concept too? Not quite like that. I, I do teach, you know, and a lot of times uh, networkers, especially if they're not focused or they're not, you know, savvy with, with how to network is they'll turn it back to the other person because they're not really sure what to say. You know, but I think it's you should be talking about yourself again, as long as it's collaborative. So it's about exchanging peace statements. Yeah. You know, okay. so I, I teach asking questions of people yeah. to be able to get the information. So now if I'm speaking to Janice and I ask her three or four questions, I should be able to do your peace statement. Right. So in a sense, I'm going back and forth and doing some light sparring where we're really dialoguing, not just on social stuff, because I think that's important, too. You know, but then once we have line of sight mutually in terms of our respective professions, areas of expertise, the environments that we're focused on, and ultimately mm -hmm. what we're after, I call to action. Like, imagine how powerful that is when you exchange peace statements and you're bo both a call to action. You got something to talk about right there. And now and it yeah. kind of opens up the floodgates because what that does also is not only is it informative, but it loads up a connection. Right. And that's getting back to where we were talking about. Once it's a connection, it's much easier to speak. Uh, you know, may I speak, you know, permission to speak freely. It's much easier to do that. And then that happens and it's very targeted, but also fun. Right. Provided okay. that there. OK, so um, when I meet somebody for the first time at a networking event, um, I tend to want to find out more about who they are first. Mm to see if I can find a common bond or a common, right. right? And sure. um, whether it's related to anything or not, yeah. because it yeah. just, right. So um, it might be that someone's introduced us or I've been, I know the same person, you know, or, or today I looked on your LinkedIn profile and saw that you had done an amazing, um, uh, the Murph uh, yes. uh, CrossFit um, piece. And I shared with you before we got online that my daughter used to own a CrossFit gym, which to me was another kind of bonding piece. Yeah, it was common ground right there. Yeah, sure. I, I've never done anything that hard, but I know exactly what you're talking about when it comes to the CrossFit piece. So, and by the way, on the news last night here, it was a, in Canada, she was from Edmonton. There was a 15 year old, 15 year old girl who used to be a gymnast, but she's tall and thin. She's become one of the top 30 CrossFitters wow. in North America. Wow. Yeah. And that's and, saying something. That CrossFit workout is, is not easy. It, I mean, it's brutal. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it just mm -hmm. is. Like some, you know, the running joke within CrossFit, I'm not a CrossFitter anymore, but when they have yeah. events, uh, you yeah. know, I participate and I've got a relationship with the CrossFit that's near me and the whole thing. 
Um, but uh, the running joke, and I, I don't know if it's a CrossFit thing or somebody I was talking to made it up, but sometimes you look at a CrossFit workout and sometimes you are the windshield and other times you're the fly or the bug, right? So like sometimes you, I can do this. I'm on top of it. Other times that, that routine's on top of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. Brutal. Um, okay. So in talking about, you know, how to talk to people at networking events and how to get, find that common bond, um, I'd like to ask you my favorite question, because I'm all about curiosity and my favorite question is two parts. One, do you believe that curiosity is innate? or learned, that's part one. And part two, what are you most curious about these days? Wow, I'm curious about how I'm gonna answer that question. So, <laughs> curiosity, I, I, I do think that it's innate, but I, I also think that, that we have to be reminded of that. You know, so I know young people, you know, good, bad, right, wrong, traditionally are accused of being kind of self-centered. You know, uh, again, and I guess we all are to a certain extent, right? But but you've got to be curious enough to be able to ask great questions, and then to be able exactly. to listen, like shut up and listen yeah. and learn, right? Which is a big, it's a byproduct of being able to connect with people is showing that you're interested in them. You know, so I think curiosity drives that, and and drives the the ability to ask great questions. You know, and if, and and great follow up questions, and you know, if you ask the right question, you get the right answer. If you don't ask the question, the answer is always no. So exactly. it's the ability to be able to ask questions. And that's, you know, I think where all that comes from, sure. You know, and then you had another follow-up question about curiosity, which was, what am I curious about? Yeah. What are you most curious about these days? You know, uh, I'm always curious about how people spend their spare time when they're not working. Cause I think a lot of people have gotten creative with their schedules. And in some cases you know, we work more just because you're able to get more meetings in the course of the day, since many of them are, are still virtual. You know, so how do you spend your free time? Uh, but I'm always most curious about, from a business standpoint, how people market their business. Like, what's the one thing that is, is helping you generate the most connections and ultimately the most business? And, you know, there's no one right answer. It's just getting that, you know, getting that from somebody. So, you know, I define networking as learning and potentially helping others. Like, to me, that's what networking is. So mm -hmm. one of my favorite questions to ask people when I'm networking, it's usually not the first question, is I'm just curious, how do you market your business and what aspect of your marketing is most effective? Mm -hmm. So what that does is I'm now, I might pick up a pointer, as a marketing guy, I might pick up a pointer or two, but now I've got somebody speaking about themselves, they want to do that. And they're talking about something that they're passionate about and proud of, you know, and then if they feel, a, you know, kind of a, you know, an affinity towards me or, or, you know, they'll, they'll say, how about yourself? Right. And that to me is the trigger when it becomes collaborative. Like sometimes ever speak to somebody and they never ask you about you. It's just all, all about them. Cause they're not thinking, they're not, right. They're not coming across in that curious. I want, you know, how do we collaborate, help one another. But when somebody is truly collaborative and truly curious to use your word, then after mm -hmm. you answer the question, then it's how about yourself? Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden you're now exchanging peace statements and now it becomes easier and easier to speak with one another. And that, and that's the same thing per, like socially too. Like what, like when you meet somebody that you really like, you know, even a love interest, right. It's, it, it just, you know, like you had me in hello. It, there's that connection where it's a trigger point where it's collaborative and, and back and forth. And all of a sudden it's really easy and fun to speak with them. And that happens in networking events too. Right. But I've found it only happens about a third of the time. 
Because? Because not everybody uh, yeah, has is, skill, is thinking right? the same way. Not everybody yeah. has the same interests. Not mm -hmm. everybody is effective at networking or even gets that concept. Like I'm just giving you my perspective, but not everybody's yeah. got that, right? So we're all coming yeah. from a different place, you know? So if I meet a financial advisor, let's just say at an event, and they're just looking to sell me life insurance, but I'm looking to collaborate and create this, you know, this bond where we can refer one another. Fundamentally, we're on two separate pages, right? So now, right? So as that happens, that may not, probably won't be a great connection there. Okay, so when you are at, um, you're probably familiar with um, BNI. Of course, and, yeah. Yeah, and BNI is kind of a, a cult in a way because the people that are, are BNI, um, people forever, they're the inner core of a chapter and they are really comfortable with each other and they um, refer each other. Okay. Now the new people come in and the new people tend to stay for a little while and then they leave because either, and, and by the way, I was in BNI for four and a half years. So I'm, I'm talking from someone who's been in BNI and there's great learning that takes place in BNI. They give you great networking tools and skills and whatever but the people on the periphery mm -hmm. tend to um leave because they're not getting referrals or they're the people they're nervous so they bring in they have to have a guest or they have to have a referral and they don't have good ones so they just bring one anyway and so it's right um so how do you like I, i'm kind of going in two directions here in my head one is that that there's there's networking that like when I first talk to somebody, I know whether I'm going to be able to refer them or not just by right. whether I get along with them. But sure. some people, they meet someone and in two minutes they've referred them. But how can that be like? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of there there. Number one, um, I think BNI is a great organization. They've yeah. got a great model um, yeah. and it's always about the people. So if you have people that are great networkers and get it in our collaborative, that's going to be a great chapter or a great yes. group. If, yes. if you don't have a lot of that, then it's not going to be as strong, but the model is sound, you know, because you're yeah, meeting, for sure. um, you know, so it's a sound model. So there's that. Um, but then the other thing is, is that, you know, all referrals are not created equal. So if I generate a referral for the person that that uh, that owns a flower store and, I'm, you know, a referral people that are looking for, you know, flowers because it's Valentine's Day, yeah. right? That's one type of referral. But are you going to be so quick to refer somebody, uh, you know, who's looking for life insurance or financial advisor? Right. So there's a different level of trust yeah. that's there. You know, so right. Correct. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah so it, it's you know, it's not all created equal. So different professions are looked yeah, at differently thing. and, um, yeah. you know, all, all, all in terms of the level of trust, you know, and it take, well, I just know from a financial advisor standpoint, that's my marketplace, yes. is that it takes a financial advisor, even a really good one in a group like BNI, it, it takes them anywhere from eight months to two years to establish enough trust where people will actually start to refer them. And that's just the way it is, you know, because if it doesn't work out, there's a lot to lose on a lot of different fronts. With a dozen roses, maybe not so much. Yeah, that's a good point. Really good point. Um, so what would your, and let's just look here at um, sort of the, um, we'll wrap it up by, by asking, what is your best piece of advice around 
being a good networker and a collaborator. Right, right. Don't do it. That would be my word. No, don't, <laughs> don't, whatever you do, don't do it. Um, I, I would say that, <laughs> I would say the first thing is, is to be active in networking groups. It's not about more of them. It's about the right ones. And I think the best ones typically are the ones that have a vetting process and have standards where mm. you are surrounded, surrounded by collaborators. I think that that's one thing, you know, and, and then the other thing is to be really clear on your target market. Mm. That's the other thing is be really clear on the industry profession, market segment, niche, dynamic, demographic, geography that you're serving. And the more specific and clear you are with that, the more referable you're going to be. And the clearer you will be on where you need to go, what you need to say, and with whom you need to say it. So that's the one too. Have a great pond to fish in or two, whether it's BNI or one yeah. of my groups or whatever groups or yeah. professional associations or like my fave, just because they're so focused on the industry, profession, market segment, niche, the whole thing. And then mm -hmm. the other thing is that you yourself should have an established niche in an industry or you know or two it's not the only way i just think it's the easiest way because it helps you determine you know how where and with whom you're going to network so often um people are afraid to niche down because they think they're going to lose out yeah, I found the opposite, though. Like, I'm not suggesting to say no to a business that's coming in that may not be within your marketplace or your target right. market. But what I am suggesting is, is that if, if your actions, networking and other marketing, even social media, is in line and in sync with the marketplace that you're looking to capture, you know, you do it correctly and you'll you'll do, a, you know, a, you'll do a great amount of business, you know. So I don't think it's that you're turning business away in essence, you're just taking all of your focus and your energy marketing-wise, you're harnessing it and, and you're aiming it in a specific direction. I mean, I get opportunities in other industries as well, uh, yeah. and, but it's up to me to say I'm the one or I'm not the one, but I am in a position to either take it if it's right, if it's right, a good fit, or to refer it to somebody that it might be a better fit. And, you know, I, I actually, I must say this before we, we wrap up, because you are one of the very few people who have the designation of CSP um, certified. What's it? What does it stand for? It's I have no idea what that stands for. I didn't even know I had that designation, Janice. Oh, I, did, did, did they award that to me? Oh, my gosh. I know. No, it's, it's an early. It's an earned designation and it stands for certified speaking professional. Professional. From the National Speakers Association. And, so it's accreditation uh, from the National Speakers Association. And it's not awarded. It's actually earned. And you're right. Oh, I know. I know. It's huge. A very low that. percentage of speakers that have that. So I'm very proud, you know, to, you know, to have that designation. Um, uh, it, it's definitely a, a good thing because, uh, you know, what that, that does is it proves that you've done X amount of business and that you're, you're pretty good at, at delivering your message to a marketplace. And you're funny, too. <laughs> well, I don't know if that CSP has anything to do with that. <laughs> no, that's all their designation. You know. I, I just know that it's definitely hard work to get to that stage. I know I've interviewed a couple of people, three, I think four that have that designation. And uh, I know the work that they went through to, to get it. A couple of them in Canada and a couple of them in the U.S. So uh, kudos to you on that. Well, thank you. Thank and you. Uh, how, how long ago did you get that? Do you I've had that quite a while. I'm going to say something like 2011. Oh, wow. Okay. So I've had it for a while. 
Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not new at this speaking thing, you know, uh, no, I know, I know. Definitely um, not my first round. No. <laughs> I love it. Okay. Uh, final words, anything that you want to share Um, your book, knockout networking for financial advisors and other sales producers, your, um, the networking group, is that an in-person by the way, it's actually it virtual. So the networking group.org or TNG, right? The networking group. It is a national virtual networking group. It used to be live and in person, but now we're all over the country. So it is virtual. And every now and then we'll have some live events here and there, but but not often. It's really and and it just didn't make sense to continue to have live events uh, just because uh, it wasn't scalable anymore. And as soon as we went national and virtual. Uh, it, it allowed people that were local to all of a sudden become national themselves because all of a sudden so it's the click of a mouse and all of a sudden you just opened up your world and so we've had people from other countries. I was just going to say, is it not just national? Is it international? Would you well, allow We've had people from the UK, you know, from, you know, that it's, I mean, we have a vision of in the next, you know, I'm hoping the next six months that we might launch a TNG community in London, you know, but that's all very doable, you know, and yes, uh, without brick exactly. and mortar. So, so we are virtual at this point. And we like that, but you know, it's very easy to have live events here and there, which is really what we look to do. And then you have your weekly blog, three minute rounds. That's right. Three minute round. Yeah. Are they three minutes? Do you try to keep them to three minutes? You know, it depends on how fast you read. You know, it's uh, if you're a speed reader, you could probably, you know, probably just under two, you know. <laughs> All right. So those are things that people can plug into. I'll put yeah. things in the show notes. That's right. Yeah. Well, they can go to my website. They can go to the yeah. network, uh, actually knockoutnetworking.com. And then they can sign on to the blog. It's a freebie. It's three minute rounds and it comes out only every Tuesday. And it's really a quick three minute soundbite or jab around a networking idea, referral marketing idea, or sometimes even speaking, you know, and, and recruiting. It's all, it's all really communication based, but it's uh, punchy if you right, but right in your face, just from two or three ideas that you can implement almost immediately if you choose. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your wisdom. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you. It. Thank you, Janice. I appreciate it. Right. So now we are in one another's network, right? So we we're are. in this position to collaborate and absolutely and, and the whole thing, right? And if it wasn't for networking, we don't meet. This doesn't even happen, that's right? Because right. we have a mutual friend that connected mm-hmm. us and on and on and on. And that's just the way it works. Yeah. Thank you so much, Michael, for being uh, spending time with me today. And for my audience, thank you for being here again. If you like what you heard, please um, leave a review. Please go check out Michael Goldberg's uh, website, knockoutnetworking.com. And all of the info will be on the show notes. Thank you again. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.